When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Star Wars 7x7, episode 1287. So one of the cool things about the Incredible Cross-Sections book, as well as the Visual Dictionary for that matter, are the stories that are hinted at, these little glimpses of the broader galaxy inside Star Wars that are super intriguing and in some cases actually bring some of the expanded universe back into the canon. Today and tomorrow, we're going to talk about some of those stories. Punch it, Chewie. Hey there, this is Tim McMahon, Alan's co-host from the Expanded Comicverse podcast. But hey, you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, a daily Star Wars podcast, seven minutes a day, seven days a week. How awesome is that? Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and the types of stories that we get from Jason Fry in the Incredible Cross-Sections book really cover the gamut. It's entertainment, it's business, it's all sorts of fascinating stuff. And thank you again to DK Publishing for sending me a copy of Incredible Cross-Sections to pour over and check out and share with you. And I'm going to start with what has to be my favorite new vehicle from The Last Jedi, the Ski Speeder. It seems that they were used for something called Asteroid Slalom. Jason Fry describes it as a sport in which competitors sped along the surface of small asteroids, using them as springboards for high-speed turns and eye-catching stunts. There was a Verpine manufacturer called Roche Machines that produced the V4 model of Ski Speeders, it says. And Here's what happened, unfortunately. This is an amazing story. It says, An undetected stone mite infestation led to the devouring of several racers in their craft in the Orleans Belt Grand Slalom Finals, a tragedy watched by a horrified galaxy. As bookings plummeted, Roche Machines canceled production and sold off its inventory at slashed prices. So you get sports and business and entertainment all wrapped up into one neat little story. And, of course, with these reduced prices, naturally, the Rebellion, looking for anything it could use on the cheap, decided to snatch some of them up and adapt them for use as patrol craft on crate. Way back when it was a Rebel hideout, not just a Resistance bullhole. And speaking of Rebel bases, there is a reference in the Incredible Cross-Sections book to Thyla, or Thila, T-H-I-L-A. We're going to go with Thila. And this is an old rebel base that was actually active in the time of the original trilogy. And it's one of the places where in Legends, in the old expanded universe, that when the rebellion had to evacuate from Yavin 4, a bunch of them went to Thela. And the book talks about harrowing tales of the rebellion era, also including Scarif and the Battle of Hoth. But the reinforcement of Thela is one of the ones that's mentioned there. And there is actually no reference in Wikipedia to a reinforcement of Thela. There's just some brief description about how they moved there, a whole bunch of folks there. And it was under the command of Luke Skywalker at one point, and he had been permanently assigned to a high command group. And they were there, but then, unfortunately, they had to abandon it when the 
Imperials possibly might have found it. They said, okay, yeah, we got to get out of here. And of course, the Imperials actually did find it and tried to invade and take him out. But they were ambushed and caught in an explosive trap. And so that is how our rebels escaped. But the fact that we have a reference to Thela and there being any sort of rebellion activity there is a re christening a recanonizing of some old legends stuff all right to balance things out here let's talk about a first order story so in the description for the ATHHs, which are all-terrain heavy haulers, those are the things that are dragging that siege cannon into place in The Last Jedi. And they apparently have, oh, what's the number, 20, 31 legs. 31 legs, and they're designed to work like uh, crustaceans or insects, be inspired by them in dragging heavy objects into battle. And there is a note about testing of the ATHHs that was done on a planet called, here we go, Dromondar Beta, D-R-O-M-O-N-D-A-R Beta, Dromondar Beta. You would have to presume that this must be one of the planets somewhere in the unknown regions where the First Order was working on its military applications and testing things I'm sure much to the chagrin of the local populaces, and I'm probably putting that very lightly. I'm sure there were a lot of local populations that were decimated as a result of the First Order's testing of military weapons. And in fact, uh, Paige and Rose Tico were victims of exactly that sort of First Order weapons testing, as you may recall from The Last Jedi. And the note in the book says that those tug walkers, as they are colloquially referred to, were able to complete mission objectives with more than 40% of their limbs inoperative. So yeah, with 31 limbs and still being able to do that, well, <laughs> certainly makes it a lot easier for those things to work than if they were just walking on four legs like an all-terrain armored transport, for example, or a scout walker for that matter. And man, those things are nimble now compared to what they used to be in the original trilogy time period, right? Just based on the way that BB-8 was able to make that one run on the Supremacy, right? That's the kind of speed that I was hoping for from the ATM-6s, but unfortunately not the case. Instead, they have those heavy reinforced front legs to be able to brace themselves from the power of that giant mega caliber 6 cannon that they're packing. So there are stories like that, and then there are smaller stories as well, if you will. And so the last one I'm going to share with you is the story of the Libertine, which is the name of the ship that DJ and BB-8 steal together to get off of Cantonica. So when they're going through the holographic profiles of what kind of business stuff the owner is into, well, here's the actual deal with that owner. The owner's name is Corfei Benex I. Um... <laughs> Again, doing the best I can on the pronunciation for you. It says this uh, person, doesn't give a gender here, was born into wealth on Selenon and a top-ranking manager for the Sinar Jamus Corporation. And that is one of the corporations that was formed to create stuff for the First Order out in the unknown regions and to do so in avoidance of the Galactic Concordance. That would be the treaty that put an end to the hostilities between the old rebellion, now the new republic, and the old empire. And it says here that 
Corfe has made a fortune selling starfighters that fail the First Order's stringent quality checks to nervous star systems seeking to bolster their defenses, and that he's, or she's, or it's frustrated by a failed deal with Zagarian slavers, and Corfe decides to go to Kintonica for a restorative night on the town to divert over there, and gets his, hers, its ship stolen in the process. Oops! And so that underlying thread of the people in the Star Wars galaxy getting the richest because of their dealing in the arms trade, it's a multidimensional thing. They're getting rich from every possible angle that they can out of this. And yeah, I know Star Wars is political. It's been political all the way from the get-go, but this might be one of the more overt political statements ever made in a Star Wars movie, this thing about how the people getting rich in the galaxy are doing so by dealing in the arms trade, dealing weapons to the First Order, but obviously it's not just to the First Order, it's pretty much to anyone who will buy them. And yes, I guess you could suggest that the prequel trilogy was also very political too, but I think it's really more about politics than about being political per se. I mean, it just seems to happen a lot in the field of politics, but doesn't necessarily give you an overt political ideology to look at and to consider. But yeah, this one certainly does, I would say. Anyway, that's going to do it for this part of the podcast, but there is a lovely bit of information that was shared with me after yesterday's podcast that I want to share with you right after the break. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous five-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do. So please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. So on the podcast yesterday, I mentioned that there had been a tweet about resistance bombers from Pablo Hidalgo that I thought was particularly amusing, and I was surprised not to be able to find it. Well, when I tweeted out to Pablo, he actually replied and said that he has his tweets auto-delete after a time so that no one takes him too seriously, or at least that is what I recall from it, because in an interesting twist of fate, that tweet itself was deleted his reply to me for some reason. So it's uh, one of those very funny little things. That being said, it turns out that there is a record of what Paulo had written, and I'm sure there's more than one, but in this case, Joseph Dorowski, who is part of the Protagonist podcast and who had invited me on a while back to talk about Lando and their Empire Strikes Back discussion, actually emailed me after the show or after the after the tweet that I put out more precisely and said that he had copied and pasted Pablo's tweet into a discussion on Facebook and so was able to share it with me. So here it is. <laughs> Hopefully you find it as amusing as I did. I definitely laughed when I saw it again. There's a bit of direction, if you will. It says, whispers into ancient sea conch, and then a colon, and then it says, there's gravity on the bomber. We saw a person fall and a remote control fall. 
That's really all you need to get the bombs to fall out the bottom and then keep falling. And then a last bit of direction, it says submerges. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it works better on the actual page, if you will, or on the screen as an almost E.E. E. Cummings-like bit of poetry. But anyway, I really liked it. And so, yeah, there's another take on the whole resistance bomber thing. And that is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you, Joe, for sending that along. I really appreciate it. Thank you to everyone listening, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you challenge a blockade, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans of the podcast, become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash SW7x7. It's not astromech cannon fodder, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.